everyone, I'm Amanda. And I'm Allie. We are so glad you have joined us today. Our podcast is a platform for women to share their stories. We have a different woman share her story on the first of every month. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but in the end, it's always encouraging. Be sure to hit subscribe so you'll be alerted the next time that we have a podcast. We'd also love to connect with you on Facebook, on Instagram, or even our website, livingoutloud.today. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you will enjoy the show. Now it's time to get to know our next guest. We are so excited to have you, Anna, here in person. Thank you. It's, it's really neat to be here. Well, like we said before on our podcast, we don't always get the privilege to have our guest in person with us. A lot of times we will do it long distance over the computer, and um, and that is so awesome. I mean, it's, it's personable and great, but this is so cool because you are a faithful Living Out Loud listener. Yes, yes. I listen. I love all the podcasts. I love all of the, you know, quirky things that y'all talk about and everything. I get such a kick out of that. But then also in the conferences, I have been so encouraged with both of the conferences that we've done and just, I just love you guys. You're so <laughs> well, we love you. The feelings are mutual. And thanks for loving our quirkiness because we are definitely. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> like sometimes we're like, are, are, do we just think we're funny or like, are we actually funny? Because this is really embarrassing if we're not. So Because like, we're just talking and we're just sharing like our favorite things. It's just fun. But then we end up laughing. Yeah. I don't know. In real life, I laugh at myself a lot. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got at least one more laughing with you. Okay. Thank good. you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. When three or more gather. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, so you got to try my gum. I did. heard about. We talk about favorite things on here and. If you've been listening, in the summer I shared one of my favorite things is the birthday cake gourmet gum that you get at the Dollar General store. And so I finally let you taste it. What did you think? I It tastes just like birthday cake. It it's really does. Like literally just like birthday cake. It's, I have to tell you, like I, I've been trying to go into the store looking for this. <laughs> and like I walk around the store and I look up at the counter and like I can't find it. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe she's... I don't know, taking all of it. I have. But. <laughs> like, I literally buy it all. And but my thank kids you. laugh. I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you for letting me have at least a piece. You're so welcome. Appreciate and it. I feel bad about that. But it's like, sorry, not sorry. Because really, <laughs> you love it that much. That's right. how much I love it. Right. Listen, if you ever get to get a pack, um, <laughs> you need to drink it. Like, drink a cup of coffee with it. It's like having a piece of cake with, with a, cup of, a cup of coffee. So you keep the gum in your mouth as you drink coffee? So good. Oh, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> what? See, that's where we're opposite. Is you love chewing gum. You always have gum in your mouth. I am a gum chewer. I have to put it in my mouth to make you know my breath smell better, and then it's like thirty seconds, and I want it gone. Yeah, we do. I can't have... chew gum for long. That is so crazy. Because isn't yeah. that crazy how people are so different? Yeah. Like my mom said, Amanda, you are the. I, she was like, I never have ever met a baby. Um, that love their pacifier so much. So what is that? Oh, oral that might be oral stimulation? Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. what that is. That might be Brooklyn. Oh, no. I seriously... <laughs> she's going to be... Like, but her teeth look great. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, thanks. Don't have to worry about. I do like me some gum. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So, you know, did you get to try any of the other favorite things that we talked about? Was there anything else? Okay. That... Well, I haven't tried it, okay. but I really, really wanted to try your razor. Oh, yeah. Because I, so when I was young, 
Yeah. The first time I shaved my legs, my mom had an electric razor. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate to, I don't know, I just hate to get in the shower and spend all that time, like, having to shave your legs, having to wash your hair, take a bath, yes. and all of that. And if I could just do it and just swoop through it and be done, like, that would be my ideal dream. Yeah. So maybe maybe one day I come and just borrow your razor sure. for Yeah, a bit. for sure. I mean, you <laughs> have to empty it yourself there, right? <laughs> yes. I promise I'll clean it out for you. Yes. <laughs> I will let you. Um, but it really is cool. And if you missed that episode where we talked about one of my favorite things is <laughs> – it's flawless. It's called flawless. flawless. And I've, I've seen now they have like the facial one. Do you do the above the lip or whatever. Okay, they've had that because I have it. Okay. I got it for Christmas last year. So it has to be the same brand. Yeah. And it looks like a lipstick too. Yeah. The, uh, the yeah. over the, the mustache Do you like one. it? I do. See? Mm-hmm. I use it for like my eyebrows too and all of it. I mean, this is definitely, I'm getting ideas. It looks like a lipstick in your purse. It doesn't look like a razor. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just pop it off. Look, and it all of these favorite things, they should totally like be our sponsors. We we are yes. giving them great. I know we are. Um, are. But my question is, talking about razors, when mm-hmm. did you guys? How old were you when you started shaving? I don't remember how old I was, but my friends talk about it. My high school friends, and they swear I was like six years old. Because <laughs> and I wasn't. There's no way. But they they were like, you were the first one to shave, and our moms wouldn't let us shave. I was probably. Realistically, like, I don't know, 12 maybe, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, way too early. I don't know when you're really supposed to be shaving. But um, I remember they would come over and they would pretend like they were shaving uh-huh. when we would take a bath because they wanted to so bad, but their moms wouldn't let them. And then even before that, I wanted to shave. I guess I saw my mom doing it. And so I would take this little, like, not like, kind of like a sponge. And I would put all the, you know, lotion on my legs and I would pretend shave with the sponge <laughs> yeah. in the shower. And yeah. I would just think I was so cool. I think I probably got heavy beat on age because really? I think I shaved like nine or ten without my mom knowing it. Oh my God. Wow. And um, just because I thought it would be cool. Yeah. I would just shave because I'd seen my mom like you. And yeah. um, it probably started growing out more, like more. And I have dark hair. Yeah. So, you know, that's. Me too. <laughs> So I think my mom was like, uh, I'm going to let her shave because, yeah. like, you know, right. thank you, mom. Right. Some moms are like, and I get it. You don't want your kids to start too young and having to worry about all that. But, look, the if there peak. isn't, if there's an, yeah, uh, if yes. you have to worry about that. Yeah, you start worrying about the upkeep. If the hair is thick and it's, like, black and, I don't know, maybe help them with it. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I shave my arms. And I know more people do that now. But I shaved my arms ever since I was young because I grew up in my grandmother's beauty shop and my hair was so dark that they would, like, bleach my arm hair for yeah. me. Oh, and wow. so we, I would have, like, bleach on my arms as a little girl. Like, they thought it was funny. I was the guinea pig. And so it would be lighter. And eventually I was like, I'm just going to shave. Yeah. So I shaved my stomach, too. Is that weird? No. I mean, that might be TMI. I know people that do that. No, yes, say it. it's not TMI. This is a woman's podcast. Yeah, if you're a man, I'm pretty it. sure that they can handle it. But like, this is real. Like when you have like dark hair, I mean, yeah, it's true. You would dark have never hair. Thought about that. And I mean, I think people with blonde hair can have really thick hair too. Yeah. Um, because I know I have a friend who her daughter has blonde hair and it's very thick. And I remember her saying to me, "Do you remember when?" Um, parents wouldn't let their kids shave and they really wanted to. They were like yeah. had a problem. Like they felt insecure about right. it, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And she was like, I'm letting my daughter as soon as 
I'll help her with it. Right. Yeah, and I think that's, Aww. look, just be sensitive to your kid and yeah. their needs. Everybody is different. We're yeah. all made yeah. different. Some people, I don't get it. They don't have to shave at all. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. that was not my story. I mean, my dark hair, I, got, I had to shave yeah. it. Okay, so how often do y'all shave? Oh, like, don't ask me that. This is like, you don't. this is why I have flawless. <laughs> <laughs> This because is why I need flawless. Because <laughs> I forget. And this, the flawless, you can shave without the water. And you're like, I mean, obviously, I try right. to shave regularly. Right. But yeah. if you forget, then you can pull out the flawless and yeah. you're like, shave real quick. The question, is it winter or is it That's summer? That's true. That's true. I don't know. My like hair <laughs> that grows. That is a difference. <laughs> my like hair grows back so fast. I mean, I like, I'll shave my armpits the next morning and I got to shave them again. It's fast. Yeah. It's like grows overnight. I don't know. Yeah. I guess when you get cold, like, yeah. I don't know, but um, I feel like I'm shaving every time I shower, which now that I'm pregnant and I don't have the energy, I'm like, ah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Not well, we've got some yeah. listeners right now that are like, I hear you. That's me. <laughs> yeah. And then some of them are like, what? Uh, I know it. Shave once a month. I know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? I would love that. It's I would awesome. love that. Okay. So let me, are we done talking about shaving? Does anyone have anything else? I'm this done. is important. Okay. Yeah. This topic is, is what I'm saying. Um, but I wanted to share one thing that I'm loving right now, and it's Zaya Activewear. And Amanda yes. knows about it. Have you seen anything? I about have, it? yeah. So um, my mom introduced it to me, I think she probably started four months ago. And she's been in the fitness industry for a really long time. She's ancient. <laughs> Just kidding. <mom. laughs> and um, so she would always be the one that would wear, like, you know, the – TJ Maxx, Marshall's clothes, whatever. Half the time they like didn't match. And in high school, I'd be like, Mom, that doesn't match. I need to wear this. And when she told me that she was going to be a rep for a clothing brand, I like spit out my water. Cause like, are you kidding me? Like, that is not you at all. But she has rocked it. And um, she's done so well. And she looks so cute in all of her clothes. And so she started talking to me about it. And I decided to do it with her. And it's a boutique brand, so what that means is they have new releases every week, and they don't keep everything in stock. They have, like, staple items, but they, like, some of their new releases, once it's gone, it's gone. And so you want, you know, want to go ahead and get it if you find something you like. But it's comparable to Lululemon and Athleta and Nike and all of those brands quality-wise, but the price point is so much cheaper. It's much more affordable, and that's why I like it because – I don't have $98 to spend on a pair of leggings, even though I need the quality because I wear them every day, whether I'm working out or running errands. And so I've really enjoyed that, and I've enjoyed my friends who have hosted parties for us. Yes, I'm I'm hosting a party right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's just extended the network and just sharing not only clothes, but it's kind of created a group, a community of women to talk about fitness, to talk about health, to talk about healthy recipes and just kind of gather everyone together because we're all trying to get healthier in some way. That's right. And it's not just about buying workout clothes to look cute, but that is fun too. Yes. So I'm really loving that and I'm having fun. And I'm enjoying seeing all your cute stuff and I hope that being a hostess, I'm going to get some too. I'm excited about <laughs> you that. You definitely are. Hostess and rewards. listen, nothing against TJ Maxx and Marshalls because I have plenty of that in my closet and it is so cute, but it is nice to have uh, an alternate alternative with Zaya mm-hmm. where it is mm-hmm. amazing quality, very right. cute, but a better price than most high yeah. end. I mean, I think with the TJ Maxx and Marshalls and Old Navy even, they have the cutest workout clothes. Yeah. Like running errands, no mm-hmm. big deal. But if you're going to actually exercise in them, yeah. exercise in those clothes, 
one time and then smell them. Yes. And it'll never be Hey, the same. and you are definitely the person to be away. talking about that because, look, I don't have much to say about that. I'm like, I don't really usually, usually run errands and Well, mine, let's just so. say running errands in Mississippi in the summer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? No, but I do go through seasons of working out, and it is important. Yeah. You're so right. And that's why I'm excited about getting some Zaya. And then yeah. I'm going to come back and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. But Let's talk about our guest. Yes. You've heard a little bit. You've heard her voice. Her name's Anna Burns. And um, I'm going to read just her bio so you have a little bit of background. And then we're just going to get started. I can't wait for y'all to hear her story and um, just see what all God is up to in her life. Let me say she is a really good friend of ours, too. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> she is. Okay, so I'm going to read this. Although Anna Burns is a native of Montgomery, Alabama, a big part of her heart is in Oxford, Mississippi, where she moved in 2004 to work as an athletic trainer at the University of Mississippi. I don't know if I knew that about you. That's cool. Maybe I did. There she met her future husband, Brody, who was working with the football team. Two years after they married in 2007, the Lord prompted Anna to go back to school for a degree in physician assistant studies. Anna now uses that degree at a local orthopedic group. She is a mother of three beautiful girls, Carlin, mm-hmm. Brooklyn, which is my daughter's name, yeah. I'm partial to that, <laughs> and most recently, little Lucy, yes. who is their adopted daughter from Columbia, South America. Anna, Brody, and the girls attend First Baptist Church in Oxford, and they are Sunday school teachers and college ministry. I bet that's fun. <laughs> And they have hearts for their international mission work and also participate in several ministry opportunities within the church. You are busy. We say busy. Yeah, it's a good busy. People say that. Oh, I bet your house is busy. But it's a good busy. Good. You know? It's a restful busy. Yeah. If that's possible. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so we love adoption. Allie and Mm -hmm. I love it. Obviously, because we know that the Bible is very clear about Christians taking care of the widows and the orphans in some way. And he calls us all as Christians to do that in different ways. And it looks different for everyone. Yes. Sometimes, you know, we've talked about on the show that sometimes that is um, really supporting people who are actually in the adopting process. Mm -hmm. And it can look different for everyone. And so um, we do love it. We're so thankful for you to be here to share your journey. And um, so every journey is different. That's We're right. looking forward to hearing um, about you guys and, and your family's journey. Um, so I guess my first question would be, what does the adoption process look like, um, especially for those who um, may be feeling called to adopt and just do not know or have an idea? Yeah. So for us, um, just to give you a little bit of background, we actually, I think the first time we felt kind of the nudge of adoption that the Lord placed upon our heart was back in 2011. Brody and I, I was in PA school in Birmingham. Um, Brody and I got the opportunity to go to Ecuador on a medical mission trip. And that was in 2011, and during that process, um, seeing the children, the beautiful faces, and just the poverty that they lived in, it really stirred in our hearts of, gosh, what if what if we adopted one day? And it was really one of those things of if we had trouble getting pregnant, if maybe we didn't have kids and we would adopt. And so it was always on our heart, but kind of in the back of our mind. 
And so, it, uh, fast forward, we had Carlin, we had Brooklyn, and then um, Carlin was about four. This was like in 2017. Um, we don't really talk about adoption in front of her at that time. And she was riding in our uh, car. It was just me and Carlin. She was in the back seat, in the car seat. And out of nowhere, Carlin pipes up and she says, Mom, do you know that in this world, there are little boys and girls that do not have mamas and daddies? Mm-hmm. And it was like at that time, like the Lord just kind of hit me in the chest, you know, like, hey, I'm talking to you. And so I kind of, I said, yeah, baby, you know, they're called orphans, you know, they live in orphanages, you know, things like that. And so she got real quiet and she said, you know what, mama, the next time you go on a mission trip, could you maybe bring one home? (laughs) And I was like, well, yeah, yeah, right. Like, like I just throw it in the suitcase, you know, it'd be fine. Um, But it was like her thought pattern already at four years old was already stirring, something was stirring in her mm-hmm. heart, and it was like God was speaking to me through mm-hmm. my four-year-old. So I went back, and I talked to Brody that day, and I was like, gosh, Brody, like, this is what happened, something's stirring in me, and honestly, I just, I let fear kind of move it away, mm-hmm. and I put it next, you know, I put it aside. Well, that was in kind of September, uh, and then fast forward a couple more months in November of 2017, November 12th, Sunday morning, Normal Sunday for us, we get up, we go to church, it's chaotic, we're trying to get everybody out the door, we make it to the pew just in time for the service to start, and the associate pastor's um, wife, her name's Brooke, one of my good friends, she gets up there, and her words were, today is National Orphan Sunday. Oh my. And that is all I heard. It is all I heard. My heart started racing, I became short of breath. And I just started to sob. And you know, like that ugly cry that you get where your like shoulders start bouncing yeah, and you yeah. can't like control your your mascara. Like it was ugly cry. Mm-hmm. And I was like sinking down in the pew because I didn't want people to be like, is she okay? Yeah, like something yeah. wrong? And I was trying to hide it from Brody because I, you know, I didn't want him to, you know, think like feel pressured or, mm-hmm. you know, should I be emotional? So the whole service, my friend Meredith got up, told us about her story, and I've heard it hundreds of times. Yeah. But that day, it was different, and it was like the Lord was saying, now, the time is now. And so we went to Sunday school. After Sunday school, we all got in the car, and we were just silent. I didn't know how to talk to him about the service. And Brody kind of piped up and said, hey, you know, gosh, that, that service was pretty powerful, wasn't it? And I asked him, I said, Brody, did it, did, did God kind of stir your heart? And I didn't, and he didn't say anything. And yeah. I was like, oh gosh, I guess the answer is no, you know, <laughs> like, great. And I look over at him and Brody has tears like streaming down his face. Wow. And at that moment, I knew that the Lord had called both of us mm-hmm. to adoption. Yeah. And so when you, when you say, okay, we're going to adopt, well, what do you do next? We had no idea, you know, so we had to meet with friends and just get some ideas. You start researching organizations and trying to figure out like who you're going to go with. And we, we decided on a group out of Birmingham because I've been in PA school at Birmingham and we have church family there. And so a group called Lifeline, Mm -hmm. um, they matched us, um, I guess, to a country that we were comfortable with. You fill out this pre-application, and basically you kind of say, this is what we're looking for. 
this is our family, this is what it looks like, and they match you with a country. Mm -hmm. And based upon that, they tell you what country you would be best with. And our hearts have always been Central and South America. We've gone on several mission trips. You know, it started in Ecuador. And so we knew that we wanted to have that in our heart, you know, in our lives. And so they told us, they said, here's your two options, Costa Rica and Colombia. And we, the Lord just kind of prompted us to go with Colombia, even though we had no idea. So from that, then the whole process starts. And, and in that, you have um, the application process. You have the big home study that you hear about where <laughs> the social worker comes and, like, looks through your house. I was so freaked out because she had to look through my closets. Oh, God. I mean, who cleans their closets, yeah. you know? Like, when yeah. people come to my house, I throw everything <laughs> in my closet, right. you know? And so I was so nervous about cleaning yeah. my closet. But they break you down. They look at your marriage. They evaluate your strengths, your weaknesses, financial circumstances. They do background checks. They have a psychological evaluation with you. And so it's very, very extensive and very trying. And, and, you know, you just start, that whole process is so overwhelming. And then you start to think, oh my goodness, like, what if we make a bad decision? What if we, you know, don't choose the right child or Mm -hmm. something they, every company, they give you this form, and in the form is every single medical diagnosis you can ever imagine, from moles, extra fingers, to Down syndrome, you know, and, you know, deafness or blindness, you know. And you have to choose whether or not you feel comfortable choosing a child with that disease. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's hard because your mind is just racing. You think, Lord, what if I choose the wrong child? What if what if I can't handle this and I say yes? Or what if I say no and that's what you call me to do? And it's just that whole process of trusting in the Lord and what he has done for you. Mm-hmm. So after you get through the home study, you go through what's called uh, a dossier. And that's basically a government application. You sell yourself to that country's government. Mm-hmm. You say, look at what we have. This is our house. I mean, I, we literally had to take pictures of our house the bedroom. I had to give them my dog's rabies vaccination forms to say, hey, we're just doing all of the things that need to be done to make sure that this child is in a safe environment. We send all of that to the government and and they say yes or no, like this family is okay to adopt or not. Um, In that time though, you have the um, option of looking at children's profiles. And that's where it really starts to sink in. Like, this is real. Like, this is not just a, you know, idea or a whim, but this is what God has called us to do. And so um, the reality of that starts to really hit home. But, um, you know, after that, it's really kind of the travel time. If you've been matched with the child, the dossier is approved, then you spend that uh, rest of the time traveling or making arrangements and, Every country is different. You spent what we spent, you know, a couple weeks in country. Some people go twice. Some people spend months in country. Um, it all looks differently. Um, but that's a time where you bond with the child and then have to go with the government and the paperwork and the court dates. And then you go to the U.S. Embassy and have to, you know, get their that child's visa. You know, our it's crazy. I didn't even know this, but our government 
has to approve that child entering into the country. Oh, right. And so, you know, that's something that you always thought it was the other country approving you. Well, no, our government has to approve yeah. you bringing that yeah, child I in. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah. Well, I never, I've not thought about it. Yeah. And so, uh, so you know, once all of that's settled, then you come home. And honestly, now that I'm on this side, that's when the real adoption starts mm-hmm. is you have the child and then you're like, now what? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, the height's gone. It's like having a baby. You know, for yeah. nine months you prepare for this. And then all of a sudden it's the first night at home with that child. And you go, what do I do? Right. I mean, right. I, I don't know. You know? Right. Um, and so that, you know, that's kind of um, where a lot of the work really starts. Yeah. Our sponsor for this podcast is our favorite coffee shop with the best coffee in town. Lost Dog Coffee, they are located in Taylor, which is only seven minutes from the square. Not only is it inviting, it's super cozy and it feels like you're having coffee in your friend's living room. The coffee equipment is unique and it's the only one like it in the whole state of Mississippi. Their hours are Wednesday through Sunday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. So grab a girlfriend and enjoy a wonderful cup of coffee. How did you know that Lucy was the one? So, like I said before, you have to fill out this extensive paperwork. And I, when God called us to adoption, and I guess really just me having a medical background, mm-hmm. I really felt like God was telling me, this adoption process is not going to be easy for you. It's, I'm going to choose a child for you that's going to require a little bit more work, a little bit more hands-on. Um, are, you, are you willing to go through that? Yeah. And so from the get-go, I kind of knew that we would have like a special needs child. So when we were filling out that paperwork, we were a little bit more open. Um, Lucy, so again, the dossier uh, application process was occurring and our... Um, caseworker reached out to us and said, hey, I have a profile on a child. Mm-hmm. She's two years old, or almost two years old. She's about 18 months old. Uh, little girl, she does have special needs. Um, do you want to look at it? And I was like, oh my goodness, okay. Um, if I choose no, then it's fine because I don't expose myself to her. I don't see any pictures. Mm-hmm. I don't see any videos. But if I say yes, then you get pictures of the little girl, you get videos of the little girl, you get all of her medical information, you get her, and you have to decide if that's the one that God has chosen. So we we did agree. We agreed to look at her pictures and everything. And I will say, like, from the get-go, just looking at her face, there was this inner peace within me that I cannot even describe. Now, before you think, oh, she, you know, you're Anna, you're such a good person. Oh my gosh, no, y'all. I, I this out this whole adoption process, the whole thing that I wanted was for God to give me like this Las Vegas blinking light sign that yeah. said, go here, do this, choose her, sign this, come right. home. Right. I, I wanted that so bad. I wanted, and you know, in all my prayers, I was like a Gideon prayer, like, okay, God, here's yeah. my fleece, make it wet. Right. Okay. And it never happened. And so as we were praying over Lucy, I kept praying like, God, I j- just show me a sign. Please, Lord, just show me a sign. What do you, do you want her to be with us? Is she our daughter? Mm-hmm. And he never did. And he never did. And so... 
there was a Thursday afternoon. I operate, and I was in between surgical cases. And I was in the locker room talking to the caseworker. And the lady told me, she said, just so you know, there are other families looking at this little girl. If they choose to pursue her, then her case could be closed. And my heart just sank. And so I, I told her, I said, this was a Thursday. I said, okay, we will give you an answer by Monday. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pray over it over the weekend. We'll give you an answer by Monday. I went home and I text Brody and I'm like, Brody, this is what's happening. And his response was, maybe God's asking us to step out in faith. And I was like, no, no, yeah. this is too big of a life decision to step right. out in faith. So, you know, just like any good wife, when your husband gives you good advice, the first thing we do is we go and ask somebody else, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. just to make sure. Just to make to confirm, right? I don't believe. Yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. so, we do, but it, yes. is, it is a lot of times how yes. we do things. And so, and I love Brody to death, and he gives me great advice. But he knows he's like, okay, just it's fine, you know. Yeah. So I have I have a a great mentor in my life. She's my prayer warrior. She's my prayer partner, and I text her. <laughs> You know what her response was? I think God's asking you to step out in faith. And I'm like, oh. okay, all right, all right, all right. Well, maybe, maybe he is. So Thursday night, I go to bed and I said, oh, my prayer was this. Okay, God, all right, I'm going to give, I'm going to give it the weekend. And on Monday, if this is the child you want to pursue or we want to pursue, my answer is going to be yes, and I'm going to give it to her. But if not, you, we got, you're going to stop me. Right. You got to stop us yeah. uh, in doing this. All night, I tossed, I turned, I woke up, I prayed. I, I just could not get comfortable. So Friday morning, I get up. We're going to work. It's on my mind. I always turn on, like, Christian music and listen to it. Bethel music comes on, and it's the song, like, It Is Well. I've heard it over and over again. I love the song, right. and it's, like, one of my most favorite songs. And I'm listening to it, and the words just jumped out at me. And the words are this, Far be it from me not to believe even when my eyes can't see, this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. Yeah. So let go my soul and trust in him. Wow. And it was at that moment God said, yes. Yeah. Now, I'm not giving you a Vegas sign. You're going to have to step out and trust me. Yeah. And so I called Brody in and I'm like, Brody, the answer is yes. Like she, she's ours. Yeah. We're supposed to pursue her. And I told him what had happened, and and he was like, okay. He's like, well, let's call Meredith and let's, you know, let's tell her, like, let's go. And so I text my prayer warrior again, my prayer partner, and I told her, yeah. I said, I said, Miss Beth, like this is, this is what just happened, like blah blah blah. And I said, I, God's telling me yes. And she said, oh, I'm so thankful. God confirmed that in me last Wednesday. Wow. wow. Two days ago. She, he had already confirmed it in her that the answer was yes, that yeah. she was our daughter. And she just waited for me to have that. And so it was like God was saying, yes, yes, go. And so we did. We, you fill out this thing called letter of intent. Again, you send it to the orphanage. They evaluate your family. They meet every Monday at this orphanage. They meet every Monday. So I had to go for the weekend. I knew it was going to be a whole week before we knew but God, <laughs> we submitted the application on Thursday to adopt her. And on Friday, yeah. the orphanage 
had a special meeting, met, and approved it one day later. And that was it. By, no, by a week later, her case was locked, and we were beginning the pursuit of Lucy. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Just how Talk that, about timing. Oh, and it's all it's God's timing. And he's so sweet to confirm things to us. Yes. Just how we know without a doubt. You stepped out on faith, but he ended up giving you that Absolutely. sweet confirmation that you needed. Well, and I, gosh, I think about your prayer partner, and I think of how there's so much wisdom from her to not say, okay, God just confirmed to me, yes. I've got to tell you this. Yes. Like, she held out and mm-hmm. waited because she knew that God was going to do it for you. Yes. So that is, like, powerful in itself yes. and a lesson to me of when I feel like God confirms things in me, like, maybe I shouldn't go and tell the person mm-hmm. yet. Just wait mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. like, then you're still in the show that God has already mm-hmm. planned out, you know? Right. Which glorifies him even more. Right. Um, right. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Lucy's condition. Okay. So, uh, Lucy is uh, two years old. Um, she has a condition called hydrocephalus. And what that means is that there's too much fluid on her brain. She has to require, or there, she requires a, uh, a little tube called a shunt that's placed in a place of your brain and it goes down and it drains into your stomach Mm -hmm. and then it's excreted out of your body and so she has that that kind of helps to regulate your fluid now the reason she has that is because lucy uh, was born at 26 weeks of pregnancy Um, her mother was 16 years old okay she lived with her grandmother she was, you know, kind of a lady of the streets. She didn't, she was very unstable, no, you know, committed relationships. Um, when we got her here, uh, we also found out that Lucy has cerebral palsy. And again, mm-hmm. it's because of that, you know, early delivery, that mm-hmm. premature delivery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something that just stirred in my heart of like, why 26 weeks? Why was she born so early, yeah. you know? And all it said in her paperwork was complicated pregnancy, complicated pregnancy. And I was thinking, what, like, what happened for her to go into labor at 26 weeks? Yeah. Um, and there's one part, like, right before you travel that you can basically ask any question that you want about your child. And if they know it, they can tell you. And my, my, my focus was on, like, why, why did she have her at 26 weeks? And what I found out was that... Um, the grandmother brought the 16-year-old mom into the hospital at 26 weeks, um, and she was given two pills to take to put her into active labor. These pills are used, even here in in the U.S., um, to have abortions. And so Lucy was aborted. She was an aborted baby. Um... The mother went into labor, and Lucy was born, but she was born alive. And they immediately took her to the NICU, and they put her on a ventilator because, obviously, she was in distress, and she survived. Um, She had surgery at two months old to have the shunt placed in her brain so that that could be controlled. Um, She had some other complications, and she stayed three months in the NICU. And then went straight into a foster mom's care and then into the orphanage. But I just, I think about that day and I think like from the very moment of conception, God had our family in mind. 
And even though this mother was trying to end life, a new life was born. And it's our daughter's life. And so now I just have the glory and the opportunity to share her story that this child is an absolute miracle of God, that she was not supposed to live, that she was an aborted baby, but a survival. And and just the story that God is going to use in her life, I, I just, I don't even deserve to be a part of, you know, and he's already reached so many people's heart and definitely our hearts just of her encouragement, her determination of just improvement and just how far she has come even being with us. Wow. Well, and it's, it reminds us of what the enemy meant for harm. To Absolutely. God. God what you made, meant for harm, I meant for good. It's a, a beautiful story, and God made it beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, your family is just beautiful. I, will, mm-hmm. I got to see her fir- the first time she came <laughs> to Chick-fil-A, her first Chick-fil-A experience. Uh, yes. Her first chicken nugget. I think yes. we have that picture. Yes. And she is just beautiful, and your family is beautiful, and the story is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm is. just so grateful for you, y'all's obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you have one last question, but I wanted to, this is one that um, I just felt led to ask, but how is she, what is um, her condition right now? Like how, what, what are some things that she can do? What are some challenges that mm-hmm. she has? So Lucy, um, she does not walk, okay? Really, when she when we got her from the orphanage, she was either in a stroller, she was in a high chair, or she was in a crib. Mm-hmm. Um, she does not walk. She has some issues, you know, grasping objects and kind of using some of her arms. Um, and so she crawls, like army crawls, you know, with her arms. Um, and so now, but now that we have gotten her home, Again, the fire, the determination in her, like you, it's just, it's overwhelming because she's uh, starting to pull up. Um, We have gotten some braces and some other, you know, devices that will help her to start the standing process. Um, She's really using her arms a lot better. She can hold objects. She holds sippy cups. Um, she loves chicken nuggets, Chick-fil-A chicken Yay. nuggets. She's like obsessed. She will not eat other chicken nuggets. That's She's awesome. like a snob when it comes to chicken nuggets. That's awesome. But she, it's in therapy. I go to therapy with her and just to see this girl's determination of wanting to be like her sisters and wanting to be like everybody else that she sees and walk. Like there's no doubt in my mind. I don't know how long it's going to take, but there's no doubt in my mind that I'm going to get to share one day that this girl's going to take her first steps. Wow. You know, um, she's amazing. Well, I know you've shared a little bit about the, or a lot about the adoption process and how it can be long and filled mm-hmm. with, you know, periods of waiting. Is there anything specifically that you wanted to add of how the Lord guided you through the journey? I know you touched on that, mm-hmm. but is there anything else mm-hmm. before we? I think a lot of it is confirmation. You know, when somebody feels led to go through the adoption process, it is absolutely scary because you as a human and as a as flesh, there is nothing that makes sense about adoption. You know, we have the perfect American life. We had two kids, we had a beautiful house, we had great jobs, we have a little dog, and why would we want to do this, you know? Um, the confirmation that God gives you 
whether it's friends, whether it's prayer warriors, whether it's scripture that just jumps out to you. Songs, like God, I mean, he used songs for me to confirm in me. That is something that through those dry times, through those waiting periods, because there's lots of waiting, Mm -hmm. when the doubts and the fears and the stress start to kick in, you can go to that and know, find your ground, find your cornerstone that God has called you to this. And just like he promised Joshua, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. In Isaiah, he says, I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. He gives you that strength to continue to push through those times and be encouraged. And then, you know, people think, oh, it's just, oh, it's so expensive. And, you know, my finances, I don't have the money to do it. Well, neither did we. But if where I have a friend that says where God guides, God provides. And financially, over and over and over again, he confirmed in us that we were doing what he asked us to do. We had this, um, in last October, we had this adoption fundraiser. And what they didn't know is that we had just written a check for over $5,600 to this agency for the adoption. This adoption fundraiser, my sweet friend put it on for me, and I'm so thankful for her. It raised, no joke. $5,700 for us. Y'all, it paid for the check that I wrote. And it's like God just sitting there going, trust in me. Trust me. I am calling you to this. Just just say yes. And I promise you, I I will lay down the road for you. Well, he's saying, I am going to give you what you need to take care of my children. Yes. It's just the same. Yes. Well, and yes. not only did he give you what you need, but he gave you more. $100 yes. profit. Yes. <laughs> I mean, really. I know. I will give you more than, you know. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Um, okay, so before we close out on our time, do you have any encouragement that you would like to give to families that are considering adoption? Yeah, I um, I have a quote that one of my friends gave me from Corey Ten Boom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, The Hiding Place is like one of my most favorite books. I love it. And the the quote is, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Wow. That's good. Mm -hmm. And you think, I mean, you think about her life. She had no idea whether or not she would get out of that concentration camp. And like in the adoption process, you don't know how it's going to end. You really don't. You go in blind, blindfolded. And God has to provide. And so for an unknown future, don't ever underestimate the power of what God can do. Yeah. And I always, I, I found so much comfort in God's providence. It's something that I, I had heard and I knew, like, God, you're sovereign and God's providence is always there. But when God guides you, in each step of the way because you were being obedient. You're saying yes to something that you have no idea where it's going to take you. To look back now and to see God's hand guiding you every single step of the way. Mm -hmm. It's encouraging. And to know that God's providence is upon you, that his guidance is there, and that he will continue to do amazing things through you Mm -hmm. so that in the end you can just throw it up and be I mean, just so glorified and give him all the glory because everything goes back to him. That's so good. So true. 
Is there anything else you had, Amanda, before we close out? Well, I just want to share this scripture that we always share when we talk about adoption. I think everyone does, but it's so good, and we always want to speak God's truth on here, and I, I believe this is it, Ephesians 1.5. It says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Um, this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So just a reminder to us all that, you know, we have, as Christians, been adopted into the family of God. Absolutely. And this is a, adoption here on earth is a beautiful picture of what God has done for you and me. Absolutely. So, so thank you. Well, it's it's not anything of us. I mean, we if you saw my house right now, you would know that we're not, I mean, we're not the perfect people. I am not the perfect wife. My children are chaotic and they run around, you know, with their yeah. heads cut off, you know, sometimes. But when God calls you to do something, all he wants you to do is say yes. And he will reveal things to you to allow you to experience him in ways that you will never believe and never understand. We don't deserve eternity. We don't deserve the kingdom. But God graciously, through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, has given us that gift. And so just taking a teeny part of that picture and putting it into an adoption, a child that had no life, whose life was about to be thrown away, now has life and maybe one day will have life in him. And maybe somebody else will have life in him through that encouragement. Soli Deo Gloria. We wish we had more talk, time to talk and um, just get more wisdom from you, but um, I think that's a great note to end on. Thank you so much. Everybody's got a story, facing-